What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Ho 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 Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. Wacky ass hijinks and an analysis. Man, I can't get through this. Presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, your last nickname of the year, and quite easily your lamest as well. Mm. So, rough way to start the show, Rough Graham. way to start the show. It's a sign of things to come, But, you know, probably. this is kind of a bonus episode. Yeah. So, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to move past it. We're sitting here two days before New Year's Eve. I know you're stoked about the Clemson Orange Bowl tomorrow. Most meaningless game in college football. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's not true. There's the Meineke Car Care Bowl. But the thing is, Adam, it doesn't matter what caliber of bowl you're in unless you're in the playoff. They're all meaningless at the end of the day unless you're in the playoff to actually have a chance to win the championship. Think about it from a scouting perspective, my friend. There's about four defensive linemen that could be Falcons. Are, are you going to? Oh, yeah, I want another defensive end from Clemson after Vic Beasley. He's probably the best D-Ed we've had in the last decade. He was good Think at Clemson, and he was good for that one year for the Falcons. That's also where Grady Jarrett came from. So, Yeah, I mean, they, we got a new uh, quarterback that we're going to get to see. He could be a future Falcon. I don't know. Although he's a freshman, so hopefully we have a, a quarterback by the time he comes out. The way this franchise is going, who the hell knows. Should we introduce our guest yes, today, Yes, let's introduce Graham. our guest. Sorry. We're sitting here talking about silence. Clemson. <laughs> That's what this is, a Clemson football podcast. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, we, you know, we, these people have been on the podcast before. It's been a minute. Uh, first, of, first of all, we have Ravens correspondent Alexa Waldrop, who is here. Um, you know, we played the Ravens, so it's fitting that you're here. So welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here again. Nice. And, and, then, and then, of course, we got, you know, this was a COVID show, I believe, uh, 2020, sitting on the back porch in about 95-degree weather. Yeah. Just talk about the history of Atlanta sports. Everyone, welcome History correspondent Jeff DeDelore. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm already happy to hear some Clemson talk right off the bat. Jeff, you're going to have to sit closer than six feet away from the mic when you do talk. Okay, yeah. Please break COVID protocol. Yes, (laughs) no problem. We're in the clear now. So, so Graham, because of all the special guests, and we, we have a special guest calling in later, you know, to break from tradition here on Atlanta's own, we actually have an outline of the show. We do. So, Graham, if you kind of want to just like lead us through this thing. We can start we, talking. Do we want to go through the whole thing to give people an idea of what's coming, or do we just want to jump into it? Oh, is that supposed to be internal? Yeah, it's an internal. Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, get started. Yeah, then. that's fine. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this. Uh, this is probably the most frustrating Falcons game I've watched in God knows how long, and that's been the season in a, in a nutshell. But this game really just checked all the boxes off again for being an extremely frustrating game to watch. Falcons lose 17-9 to to the Ravens in one of the worst games you'll ever watch. And are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Um, and, and there wasn't a lot of hope around that, right? But there was still, like, there's a chance. Like, if you could win these next three games, maybe you got a shot, um, even though we're going up against a formidable opponent in the Ravens. And, uh, yeah, they just couldn't get it done. Had plenty of opportunities to score. Couldn't do it. Um, some positives to take away from the game. Desmond Ritter looked good about, like, second quarter on. You dis- Alexa, Alexa seems to disagree. disagree. I mean, he looked better than last the week previous. Yeah, he's a hell of a sure. lot better than your boy Huntley. I don't agree with well, that. that. Well, yeah, he was okay, whoa, so whoa, 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 twenty-two whoa, whoa, whoa. of thirty-three. You, you think we your backup quarterback is better touch. than our franchise quarterback? We scored. Don't call him a franchise we, quarterback yet. <laughs> no, call him. 
Call my boy Riddler the uh, franchise quarterback. Riddler. Yeah, that's my nickname for him. Oh, that's me. The Riddler. The Riddler. Yeah. Not very creative, but he, he, he completed more passes, threw for more yards. 218 yards compared to 115. We had the only touchdown of the game, and it was a passing touchdown. So Congratulations. That's all I got to say. Um, he also threw like a 40-yard bomb to Watkins, maybe? or Yeah, it was Watkins. Yeah. Um, but I thought Ritter looked a lot better than he did against the Saints. Like I agree with that. There was there was no comparison, especially like the second half. Yeah, much more composed in the pocket. Um, only was averaging six point six yards per pass, but he just seemed to have more awareness and was able to throw the ball downfield more effectively. Um, I thought the uh, you know in the, in the passing and the running game were equally distributed. Unfortunately, they did not follow the brown rice uh, metaphor that you came up with last week. Although the Ravens defense was uh, shutting down the run pretty good. They held Algier to 74 yards, only 4.1 per carry. Which is um, still pretty damn good. It's still solid. But, you know, we were used to Algier getting, you know, five five yards of carry a little more. So so I, I will, I'll just openly admit that, you know, during this game, this was Christmas Eve, instead of, you know, being a good sports fan and diligently watching this game, I was at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Is that where the Rocky statue was? Uh, that's outside a different building. It's across the street, though. That's where he runs up the steps, though. No. no. Um, so I thought it was the Philadelphia Art Museum. That was not the building we were in. Okay. It was across the street from that, though. All right. But they had some cool art. Sure. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name any other artists other than Picasso? You know, I, I actually became a Juan Grease guy. Mm. So he also does cubism like Picasso. Oh, wow. But, you know, he's just not as mainstream as Picasso. So I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, underdog. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the Falcons. He's like the Desmond Ritter of <laughs> cubism <laughs> from the early 1920s. Um, well, yeah, you missed. You, you picked a really good game not to watch. It was, it was just struggle bus after struggle bus, honestly. Um, and the thing that was really frustrating is the Falcons had the ball two times at the one-yard line and could not score. Um first of which was in the first half. Um, Drake London made some amazing catches in this game. He did have another boner where he you know, got a ball popped out on a fourth down conversion. What the hell is up with that, Graham? I don't know. So that's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. On and fourth now down. his third major fumble that has possibly cost us a game. Yes, but he made, not in this scenario. He made three incredible catches that only like an elite beast receiver could make. Um, very acrobatic catches that were outstanding in other parts of the game, but it was also like, God damn it, again, just turnovers... It's so weird to go from, oh, yeah, first down to fumble, especially on fourth down. Like, how do you do that back-to-back weeks? Did an interception end of the game, didn't it? I can't remember. I think it did. No, I mean, Ritter, he, he has not thrown a pick yet. No. So he, he, no, that, no, that's no, good no. to see. No. And, I mean, that's the main thing we've been looking or Like, we've been saying, let's see progression from week one to week two. Which there was. Which we have seen. Mm-hmm. So now we want to see it again in this pointless game against the Cardinals. Yes. Uh, but now we certainly hit the point, and, you know, Arthur Smith is still saying, of course we're still playing to win. It's disrespectful to all these men that show up here every day and work their asses off for us to not try to win. But we're evaluating players at this point. Yeah. And at this point, I think we're sixth overall in the draft. We're sixth overall right now. And the Cardinals are fourth. So it's a big game for draft position. And on paper, we should win that game. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about how much I am really losing my shit over Arthur Smith. Two chances to score at the the one-yard line. So there was this pass Ritter made to London. He got down to the one. It was a great play. There's about 20 seconds left, 30 seconds left in the half, something like that. And we go like no huddle and decide to pass it for some reason. 
Ritter is is uh, hit on the play. Or his arm is hit, and he's throwing the ball. There's no receiver in the area, so he's called for intentional grounding. Arthur Smith loses his mind over this. Now the rule is that if you get hit on, I believe if you get hit on a pass, it can't be intentional grounding because that affects the hit affects where the ball is going to go. But it was so like he was hardly touched. It didn't really matter. Um, the thing though is that Arthur Smith goes ballistic when he should be, you know, kicking himself for calling a damn pass in that situation. It made no sense not to run the ball there. Just call first, a ti- first and goal. Yeah, just call a timeout and and do the play. It was just everybody was discombobulated. It was a horrible play, and he's bitching the referees like some petulant child for like the rest of the game over this. And I'm like, why not you get mad at yourself, dude? You fucked that entire play up. Sucked. So as I asked you yesterday, though, we were kind of getting stuffed on the run. In general. Uh, well, yes, a little bit, but just just run the ball, man. You don't need to. You don't need to throw the ball at the one yard line. Ravens correspondent uh, Alexa. Have you seen a lot of scenarios where first and goal against the Ravens run defense and they score the other team scores easily? Or do they kind of hunker down on that? The they scouting have, report thing. They right? hunker down, but I think if you would have run it three chan- if you would have run it three times, you would have been in the end zone. Like if you would have run it, you would have gotten through. Like our defense is not that stout. Yeah, it's not like the yeah. seventy four Steelers or yeah. something. But I want to ask you because Arthur Smith was going nuts, like what do you think was going on with him? Because there was another call. I can't remember exactly what it was that he was just like freaking out about. I th- it was something before the halftime. Maybe that one was before halftime. There was, there that, were like two there was that catch. Calls. I think that got uh, that catch that didn't happen. Yeah, he's got to just like be the feeling first... the he's got to just be feeling the pressure at this point. He's lost. What have we lost? Five in a row. So yeah, something like, like he was fine. Eight out of nine. Somebody, but he, he it was just... like the first half of the game. He was like, uh, you know, hopped up on something, and then the yelling at the refs constantly, constantly for these two plays, and then the second half of the game, he was just like chilling. Yeah, you know? and I was like. Huh. Why did your why did your like gung honus or whatever it was like why did it just stop in like the second half when it was, a cl- it was still a close game like that game was close the until time. you stopped running the ball. Oh yeah, there was that, but it was also, but he, he's getting so mad after this intentional grounding call, and then you know the intentional grounding call moves us back like 15, 20 yards. It's like hey, let's call a play I guess because you fucked up and, and did a pass play when you shouldn't, and like let's see if we can get in the end zone. And and the rest of the drive was awful. We had to settle for a field goal. That was a huge moment in the game that just sucked. Um, and then we had another moment where it was fourth and goal on the one or two or something, and we decided to run a sweep with Cordell Patterson for some reason instead of just running between the damn guards. And uh, it was stuffed predictably, and it was another just dumbass play. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think it's just that simple as. You can just run it up the gut on an NFL defense every single time, but especially when they know it's coming. But you can't. Because we've seen sweep plays work in those scenarios as well. But I think this, this isn't Madden 2005, Graham. It's, it's, like it's, I, I under, the first the first down thing. I'm on your side. Okay, try running. But like you can't just every single time. I'll oh, just run between the guards. It's gonna work. You, you don't always get, you, people get stuffed all the time. Of course, like that. but they were. It, it just felt like. That's the wrong guy to be giving the ball to in that situation. Cordarrelle on a sweep. He's not yeah, exactly. He like seems a to be old Cordarrelle again. I don't remember his contract situation. But he's got like, one more year. It's the same as last year, where he's at the end of the year, down. he's got nothing. Yeah, and he, he rushed for eight carries for 17 yards in a day, and you're trusting him to win the game? 2.1 average. Yeah, you're trusting him to score that touchdown in that situation, not Algier? Stupid. There's another just dumb personnel decision. Play call, whatever. Agree or disagree, but personnel, dumbass. Sure. Arthur Smith. 
Yeah, I, I know you're you're starting to just overall question Arthur Smith's uh, coaching ability. It's just critical situations. It seems like he always calls the wrong play. I mean, we, this goes back to the damn Saints game in the first game of the year, right, where he punts the ball. It's the same damn thing. It's just like, why? Why, why are you making this decision um, when you, you shouldn't be punting the ball in that scenario? It's just It just feels like every week there's some play he calls – and you're not going to get it right every time, but it just feels like in big moments he just fucks up the play call. And it sucks because he's like an offensive-minded guy. He generally runs a pretty decent offense, but it's just like when you actually you actually have to, you know, do pedal the metal, get it done, he can't do it. He can't draw out the right play. Lexa, how, how do you feel about your Ravens? The fact, I mean, you're 10-5. and five, So I was talking to my brother-in-law who's a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. So he's kind of in tune with, you know, AFC what do you guys, AFC North? Okay, culture. And, and like he was just saying, I was, I was like, I don't know, the Ravens, they barely beat us. I feel like they've been like in a lot of close games recently, but then again, Lamar's out. Yep. And he was kind of just talking about Ravens fans and how like you would think that they're 5-10 and 10 yes. with the way like Ravens fans oh, speak about the team. Was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Graham talked about that because he was – I was getting upset at me and my stepdad because we were just like, yeah, we suck. We're going to, you know, whatever. They act like there's some poverty franchise that hasn't been spoiled, right? Yeah, no. They've been I around, said, yeah. They've been, around for, they've been around for 25 years. and won two Super Bowls. They're 10 and 5, and they're like, we suck. We suck ass. I'm like, I don't have a playoffs in five playoffs years. every year. I was like, y'all, y'all can go fuck yourselves. Yeah, but your franchise sucks. So Whoa. Well, well we, Whoa. we do suck. I'm saying historically. Whoa. I like I love the fact. Yeah, no, we do, we do, not, we do. It's not a great franchise. It's not a model franchise. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it's uh, you know, we're not the Browns. But they haven't been around as long as y'all. <laughs> we're not that's, the Texans. That's my thing. For as long no, the as the Browns y'all have been, been they're like one of the original teams. Well, they remember the Ravens but took the, the Browns. Browns. The new Browns. Uh, well, the old Browns know. were not that bad. Well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll turn to history correspondent Jeff here. <laughs> <laughs> Does does length of a franchise matter when it comes to successful NFL franchises, or is it? It seems not to. It I shouldn't, mean, right? You just said the Ravens won twice. I didn't even know they were only a team for what twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. but okay, I mean, well, like, sounds pretty good for them. The Texans suck, right? They suck. But they've had enough bad. years to figure it out. Sure, it's been twenty five years. But they haven't been around as long as the. Falcons, that's my point. I'm <laughs> saying the Texans are just still getting their <laughs> yeah. act together. No, I'm saying they're bad, but I would say the Falcons are worse because they've been around for so long. So still never want to see So we should have done something yeah, in that you amount know what of time. I mean? it's like, We've it's been like, to the Super Bowl. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Twice in yeah. 55 years. Right. That it's just horrible. It hurts my, my heart. Well, let's not, but, let's not even start to talk yeah, about that. No, we won't. Let's not dwell on the But past. the point is, I would certainly take a 10-5 and five football team. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you guys got some questions. like this, but, and, and this loops into Atlanta yeah. as well, this Lamar Jackson thing. What's yeah. your take on this? Is he going to re-sign with the Ravens? Brass tacks, give us your answer right now, your gut feeling. Is he back with the Ravens, or is a team like the Falcons just going to, like, he, he feels disrespected that he hasn't been signed at this point? I know that your I heard rumblings about your GM being kind of pissed that Lamar is kind of like, he openly said something about Lamar is like making personnel decisions mm-hmm. this was like today or yesterday um so is he gone and are you guys screwed if he's gone i think he stays i think in at the end of the day i think the ravens are going to sign him whatever he wants as long as it's not like i don't know even if it's ridiculous i feel like they're going to sign him franchise tag him whatever like he will stay in baltimore at least through next year, through either a franchise tag or... The franchise tag yeah. complicates things. Well, complicates then you got to trade. But, yes. but 
I don't know. It depends. It's it's very odd that he's staying out of these games. I was watching ESPN this morning. Get up, and they were talking about it. And Harbaugh's been asked about it every day, and he his response was, "I don't know if I know enough about it. We're just here coaching the players." And I'm like, "That's not great." So I don't know if he's keeping himself out, and he's like, "This is my contract year, so I'm staying out till I'm 100 percent." I don't know if he isn't 100 percent. I don't. I mean, in terms of him being out, I don't really care because. We're in the playoffs if he doesn't play for two games. But I would like to see him again because I don't want him to just play a playoff game because I feel like we're one and done if he's just not playing. I think that's kind of stupid. But I don't – yeah, if he's not our quarterback, I think we are screwed for a couple years without him. I mean, as much as, like, Ravens fans like to bitch and bitch and bitch, and we do about our team even when they're doing well. Um, you know, we all remember, like, the Kyle Bowler years and – Elvis Gerbach. Elvis Gerbach. And that was trash. And we don't want that again. So I would much rather sign him and just continue to build the team around him. But we need receivers. We need people. And I don't I don't see us beating Cincinnati. I think we're going to beat Steelers. I don't think we're beating Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow and Cincinnati are just on another level. Yeah, they're loaded. They, they're they're going to they, – they got healthy at the right time too. You know, they got Chase back. Um and they're just they're just killing it, man. And I'm happy to see them killing it. I hate them at the same time just because they're in our division. But, you know, I kind of like the Ravens going. Each time they win the division, we don't do shit. So I, Ravens are always doing better when they're the underdog and they're kind of having to play yeah. to be in. So I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset if we don't get a home game. Fine. But you're kind of entering Falcons territory almost in terms of being like – why? But, <laughs> Explain yourself. Yes, I will. You, you don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl this no. year? And, like, is, is next year, is it going to come together? Or are you, like, entering this point where you're kind of just, like, get in the playoffs, lose first or second round? Like, do you need to do something drastic in order to build the franchise up to greater You're talking level? about old Falcons. Like, like that, those early Matt Ryan years. Like, not, like, not the Falcons that haven't round. had a winning season. Yeah, well, they couldn't win a playoff round. Like, the 2008 through Oh, yeah, 11. not current Falcons. Because yeah. yeah. we're, we're, we broke it down and we're yeah. rebuilding. Yeah. Sure. I think if we don't build around Lamar and actually get receivers, like, if you can't figure out what you want him to be, if you want to be a passing quarterback, get him receivers. If you want to do more of the run, actually run the fucking ball, which is what we did last week. But you got to keep doing that. And I think, I mean, if they keep doing that, we could win a couple rounds if Lamar's back. Like... You know, we signed some oldsters. We like to win with oldsters, so you know, I'm not saying it's not possible in a Super Bowl. I just don't. It's just it, with especially with Huntley. Like if Lamar doesn't come back, then like yeah, we're, we're yeah. Screwed. I mean, it just seems like the, the NFL, like all the successful franchises right now, they have young quarterbacks on rookie deals mm-hmm. and the talent around them. It's like once you start paying, this is why I think Graham and I have discussed this. I can't remember on the show or not, but. I don't want Lamar. I don't want to give Lamar three hundred million dollars and then not be able to address all the rest of our needs. That's the problem. This is going to suck away your your salary cap, and that's the problem the Ravens could run into. Also, absolutely, is like you guys you, don't you have can, a wide receiver. You got Sammy Watkins, who just you just signed off the yeah, practice yeah, squad. Yeah, He's your number one. Your best wide receiver is Mark Andrews, who's a tight end, and t- Mark Andrews is a great tight well, end. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that Duvernay before he broke his foot was really. But he's not better than Andrews. Own. Duvernay better than Andrews? Oh, yeah. Get as the a, hell out of here. As a wide receiver? Yeah. I and he, can, and he can be a run option, too. We don't need to get down run. to the nitty-gritty of the Ravens. But the insane. basic <laughs> argument that I'm trying take. to push here is, Graham, yeah. <laughs> what who watches both teams, Would you? do you think the Falcons franchise is in a better place than the Ravens right no, now? No, absolutely not. We are fucking the, the dog future shit. Outlook, the future outlook. <laughs> 
I think the Ravens have a much higher ceiling. They still have a very they have you know two great running backs. They have a good offensive line. They have Roquan Smith. They got Justin Houston. They have a really strong interior defensive line. That's the thing. The Ravens always build the trenches. The Ravens are my kind of team. Is that they protect the quarterback and they attack the quarterback. They got guys getting ten sacks, eleven sacks. You know, on their defensive line, they are and really, you know, I know you don't like your secondary, but your secondary still has solid players in it. Linebacking core is also good. Uh, they have a much better complete team than we do. Hundred fifty million percent. Like you break it down roster spot by roster spot, they are light years ahead of us. But look at a cap space. You got to tape, tape cap space. We're going to be in this, the month. this off season. We're going to be we're going to be a lot better us. with cap space this, next year. This yeah. off season's but everything. It's, it comes down to how you're going to use that cap space. I still don't trust Terry Fontenot. I don't trust him at all because he likes to you know build your roof when you don't have a floor yet on your house. You heard your boy Arthur Smith squawking about how important. Uh, Getting real DNs as this. Oh well, no, this shit! Maybe you should have done that when you first came into the franchise. With like, what? With what resources? With picks, for- picks, draft. Every draft pick should be in the trenches. No one listens to okay, me, and that's why we're. That's why we are where we are right now. Is because we like to draft tight ends and wide receivers in the and with our first overall picks, and not offensive linemen and defensive linemen. That's why. That's the moves you make to win a Super Bowl, not to build a team. You're going to draft a wide receiver or a quarterback in the first. No, round. we'll draft a running no. back in the first well, round. Well, quarterback, possibly for sure. But, uh, yeah, and which wouldn't be necessarily bad. No, I, I don't think it's a bad move. But no. if you draft, we a have wide to get receiver, defensive ends though. God, if you draft a wide receiver, yeah. I will just. I'll be. I, no, I would. Be, I wouldn't be shocked if we drafted a running what back because Fonten, that's the way Fontenot likes to do things. He said, "He's." Would you be upset at that? Hell yeah! We, Algier's been great all season. You're going to draft a running back in the first round? Be dumb as shit. But you don't think you. It'd be beneficial to get somebody that no. could go one you, the, two. Like, there's the thing, right? Is that NFL teams do a, you know the good ones um, draft running backs in the third, fourth, fifth round and can turn them into really great players. So you just don't want them in the first round. No, because okay. that's that's when the beasts go. That's when your foundational mm-hmm. core pieces sure. where you can play these guys for ten to fifteen years come from. So you, uh, yeah, I got a question for you guys about. Yeah. You're saying they're possibly going to draft a quarterback. I mean, you really not have that much faith. Or, I mean, does the, the do the Falcons not have that much faith in Desmond Ritter? I don't really know much about. Um, him. He's only played two games, and that's the thing we were talking about kind of last week. Is like maybe we waited too late to put him in to see what he really is. But I'm I'm getting more pleased, um, even though it's only been two games. But like last week compared to uh, this week compared to last week, it's night and day difference. So he's only getting better. You still you're not going to have enough tail of the tape to really say if he's the guy or not though that's the okay. problem well how about this what if you don't want him to be showing too much because when is his contract extension up yeah I didn't oh no think he's about another five six stuff, another five six years five six years yeah, oh, okay he's so he's he's got yeah so i mean light it up it's it's impossible to say right now whether or not he's the guy or or, or not we just sure. don't know but I'm, i he should get every opportunity yeah and then and, maybe some insurance on a draft pick as well yeah or you get another veteran quarterback to come in like a ryan Tannehill or something to say you know well well jeff i believe this might have been on your subject line for the day. Uh, Desmond Ritter is a third round pick. Being our history correspondent, do you have any uh, you know research into how successful third round quarterbacks are in the NFL? I'm so glad you brought this up. I've researched it extensively, and Ooh. by that I mean I asked you for potential topics when I got here, and I did a quick Google search. And yeah, there is a, a website that came up right away. A look at the success and struggles of third round quarterbacks in the NFL. Wow. So somebody is thinking along these lines. Would you like to hear a Please. couple of these? Okay. Yeah. Third round quarterbacks. We got Russell Wilson, seventy fifth overall. He was good for we a while. Got, yeah. Nick Foles, eighty eighth overall. Two Super Bowl winners. Mm-hmm. Matt Schaub, solid player. Oh, love Matt Schaub. Yeah. Okay. 
Josh McCown. Don't even recognize that name. Wasn't great. He was in the league for like 20 yeah, years, though. Yeah, no, he was okay. a solid backup. Yeah, Where did he play? Solid backup, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. You name a team, he played there. He played on yeah. like 15 different teams. Yeah. Third round draft picks probably, yeah, bounce around. Okay. Then we got Jacoby Brissett. He's been playing. Not great. No. Uh, pretty mediocre yeah. games. Mike Glennon, Trent Edwards. Oh, no. No. Uh, Started out strong. Before right, we're good, like and the, then it backups. just went down. Or like the 2008 stock market. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, it's actually broken into categories. I'm seeing oh. now. We can go further if you guys really want into average backup who's, territory. Who's the worst or one? Below average backup. Yeah, let's go below. Um, okay, below average they include Davis Webb, C.J. Bethard, uh, Garrett Grayson, Ryan Mallett, Kevin O'Connell, Charlie Fry, Andrew Walter. David Green. These are all third round. I remember David Green from Georgia. Oh, that's Bulldog. Bulldog guy, man. Interesting. So, I mean, Russell Wilson, obviously, he was a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he was. He's been terrible this year. Um, A couple decent names there. Nick Foles. But historically, the odds are against. Sure. Well, the odds are against everyone. Yes. But he's drafted in the third round for a reason. There's limitations. Yeah. Right. You're taking a chance. It might work out. You might look like a genius. It, It might not. And. If if it you know if it doesn't work out, you're not spending that much money on a third round pick. So it's it's a solid idea. I think what we like overall from him so far is like the decision making seems solid. Yes, yeah. Overall, and the weapons are obviously limited, right? Yeah, now. and he it was really interesting in the first quarter. He took the sack on third down. I got really pissed off that he took the sack, and I was like, why well, didn't get rid of the ball? But I was also like, you know what? I'd rather him take that sack than force uh, you know force the ball downfield and throw a pick. So even when he's taking sacks, I'm like. Okay, not the end of the world because you're taking sacks in situations where it's like, I'd rather you not throw a pick. So. And again, it was his second game, so I think. He's playing he, against two really good. Yeah, defenses. he. I'm, what I'm trying to say is like he has a for his first two games. I don't think he's done that badly. Like the first game, a lot to play in the NFL. Yeah. And just be kind of thrown into two really good teams. Yeah. And I think seeing that jump from the first game to the second game is promising. Yeah. And taking a sack. In your second NFL game, it's not no. a huge deal. He was only sacked two yeah. times. And yeah, the, the Ravens no, we didn't get any pressure on him. I was pissed as all well, get out. Well, we, we got no, we got no sacks. You, you, yeah, well, poverty franchise. Did you there. see that uh, stat that dropped this well, week? We should have sacked you. Like, where it was like sacks the last two years? Like obviously we're last in the league. We're the worst. Really? So we have like thirty-two or something, and the next closest team had like sixty something. Oh. It's so like bad. historically but the terrible. Per, like, and the percentage that we like get uh, pressure on the quarterbacks like bottom of the league, too. Like, now, we, now, now, Graham, correct me if I'm wrong. Is your general belief that it's important to build through the trenches? No, I think you draft <laughs> receivers in the first round. Okay. This is, this is, but the, seriously, this is just another exhibit of the many exhibits I, you know, we've all brought up over the years as to why the Falcons need to invest in defensive ends. Cardinals on New Year's Day. Um, no Kyler Murray. Falcons should win this game. Oh, damn really? it. Oh, yeah, he's out for like a long time. Yeah, he's out what for did the... He, do? he tore uh, ACL or something. Who's their backup? Uh, Colt McCoy. And I think he got hurt, and then some other dude's the quarterback now. So Colt should... McCoy, third Falcons should win that game. Oh. Colt McCoy, third hey, round Did nothing. He's, he's been a backup for a while. Yeah, yeah so he's that's... held a clipboard and made $2 million a year. Good for him. Um, anyway, shitty team. So, I mean... The Cardinals. I also, I mean, there is some value, I think, to, and Arthur Smith has said this as well, to Desmond Ritter showing that he can get a win. Showing that he can what? Get a win? Get a win, yeah. Well, maybe if his fucking dumbass play caller will say run the ball in certain situations where he should run it, then maybe we would. 
So at the end of the day, like I think while watching this game, I'm gonna want to win. Yes, but I, if we but if we lose, it's not the end of the world. I'm happy at the end of the. I'd at rather, the end of the day, I'd rather win. I'd rather lose a game where we didn't make like one or two really dumb decisions, and we just like okay, the other team won. So be it. That's what I would like to see. Either way, and we'll do like a season end thing. We need to bring in a veteran quarterback next year to battle him. Like I think anyone that wants Tannehill, bring in Tannehill. It's so boring. Who's your veteran? You're going to trade four draft picks for Derek Carr? It's not going to be that much for Derek Carr. Three draft picks for Derek Carr? I think Derek Carr is intriguing. I don't... I, I am an incredibly against this idea. I don't know why the fuck I people... I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> He's thrown 14 interceptions this hey, man, year. He's had the worst completion percentage since his rookie season. Change of scenery. He is going downhill. He had a new coach. I don't care. He's going downhill. He's 31. You want to get? You want to mortgage more draft picks for this guy? No. Well, you maybe, will. You have to. Yeah. If he's a, he's 31 years old, he can be really good. I don't want. He's, what if he comes with Devonte Adams? They're a package deal. Well, then you're gonna have to give up every draft pick you have. Yeah, there's no way that's then the draft, and then you're still gonna have a horrible defensive line. Free agency, Graham. You keep forgetting about free agency. We don't need more draft Who, picks. Who's the best defensive end in free agency right now? I don't know. Yeah, okay, you, you there know you go. I don't know that. I don't know that either, but I would rather... I just don't want to blow all this money on free agency when we're not going to like really compete yet. So you want Tannehill? So I, I, think Tannehill I think Tannehill is fine because he'll be a free agent. Where's or, he coming from? Tennessee. He's had Ooh, a, you want him? He's had a down season, yeah. but he's only like one year removed from being pretty good. Gross. Get Tannehill. Mm. He's not going to cost you that much either because he's had a down season. I mean, I'd rather have Garoppolo for... Garoppolo's fine too. Hopefully, you don't have to give up that much for him. If you have, to, if you can give up a fifth, a sixth round pick or fifth round pick for one of these guys, fine. Anything more? No, not at all. That makes sense. You don't want to give up too much. No, you don't want to give up like a second and third round pick yeah. for somebody. No. It'd be fucking dumb. But but also, we need to get another number two receiver. We are severely lacking in a good number yeah. two receiver. Oh. We, got, we have holes everywhere, pretty much, fill. except like the offensive line is like the only thing that's pretty damn solid, minus center. Like, that's the one thing I, I am so impressed, honestly. McGarry is the number two rated right he's tackle been in all of the NFL. He's been fantastic. Who saw this coming? No one. Well, now he's going to be gone. Definitely not you. You said cut his ass two years I ago. I did. <laughs> he's had the best career, you know, year, uh, year of his career, hands down. You know, I'll, I'll stand corrected. He really he really transformed himself. Players Good can improve. Him. I'm not saying they can. Year can't. over year. I'm not saying they can. Graham does not agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, cut though. after one bad game. Is that you drafted this guy? This is a Dimitrov pick. Dimitrov actually did a pretty good job with McGarry and Lindstrom. Yeah, he's the number one well, well, guard, especially Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom's been good since he got here. So, Adam, I'll ask you one more question before we talk about the Braves. You're saying we can address the defensive line and free agency. Who do you draft then? What position are you focusing on for the draft? If you're if you're ignoring the, defen- the no, defensive, no, I'm not saying line. you you ignore it. Uh, I, I'm saying you can't write off the past first round draft picks if. You don't take a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, go D-line or O-line. Okay. Or cornerback. I'm not, I'm not opposed to cornerback either. I'm not opposed to that. I think our secondary... Or wide receiver. <laughs> I might, I might like, burn myself alive in front of Mercedes you just said we need number two. Yeah. We, we could have another that's number That's where one. you go free agency. Back, that's 100% back back free number agency. number ones? No. No, that's where you go 100% free no, agency. I'm just saying you can't write off what they've done. Let's move on. Okay. Stock baseball. All right, let's talk baseball. Baseball right. in December. All right, let's talk about the Sean Murphy extension, which we all knew was coming. He does it again, though. Six-year, $73 million extension for Sean Murphy. Uh, this comes two weeks after the trade happened. Um, 
so yeah, it's another big extension for a um, a young a youngish player that Anthopolis uh, pulled off. I, I think it's interesting how how Adam you you are amazed at how these deals keep happening. Why are you so amazed? Well, mainly like looking at the contracts that have been signed elsewhere in baseball, and I understand the full the whole concept of we're buying out all these like arbitration years. Right. And before these guys really enter like their the peak of their power too, right? Where they've only been around like this is this will only be Sean Murphy's like fourth full season in baseball. Well, I thought twenty twenty was his first full year. Well, maybe that's the case, but yeah. he's only been around for like which was a shortened year. Yeah, for so like three he or four is very years. young in his, young in his career. But like yeah. I don't know, like JT Real Muto, who's who's everyone compares Sean Murphy to. Like he had signed a five-year, hundred fifteen million dollars contract a couple of years ago, right? Because so he's a more established. The, so player. the market now, like that, would be a two hundred million dollar contract. Sure, but he was a and more he's a more established player. He's got more of a reputation. They have similar, you know, looking at WAR, looking at all these yeah, sabermetrics. They but, are very similar players. But he's done it long for a longer time at that level. He's right. built up a track record. Sure. So he's gonna he's gonna be like, I do this every year. Sean Murphy's like, I've done this. But seventy six million versus like Dansby getting one hundred seventy six million is that's crazy. It's crazy. But once again, so it's he's a guy the market is so much different. Yeah, but he's a guy that's again been around longer, done more things. He's established himself as a very valuable defender. So I get it, and I understand. Like, but it's also crazy too that I think the craziest part about this is not just that Anthopolis does this; is that the players agree to it. They're basically taking themselves out of getting any sort of. Insane free agent money by making these these deals. But you you look at all like the I saw someone tweet. You remember like Lasting's Millage? He was like the number one prospect in baseball. This was probably like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Came up with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, like you think he regrets not taking a deal like that if he had it because like he turned into a complete bust. Yeah, that's that's so you, like you look at Mike Soroka. Yeah. Like if he had signed that like after his twenty nineteen right. year. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would have loved to do right. that. So, like, you get both sides of oh, the of argument. Course. And that's the thing, too, like guys like Ozzy, who signed, you know, like a criminal deal in terms of <laughs> the amount of money that he could have made later on going to free agency. But he had shit he had to take care of with his family, and that's why he made the deal. But he's also, like, he's been hurt. And he's been hurt. Acuna's been hurt. Acuna's Acuna been hurt. is not the player. I mean, over the last year and a half, he has not been what we thought he was going to be in terms of like... Oh, he was great in 2021. He just tore his ACL. Exactly. He kept the team afloat. Yeah, but then like injury and it wasn't as good last year. He might never be the player that... Maybe not. We thought he was going to be. But he's taken care of. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's it's like you evaluate. It's like, well... I don't don't know if he would get a $300 million deal. No, no, good point. So it's like cash in now, wait. It's it's a risk either way. It's like, it's more of a risk to, I feel like, for the team... Um. It's weird, actually. You know, it, it, it's some of them it's are a double edged sword. They're not all going to work what, out. No, they're not. It's a double edged sword, regardless of, of what side you're on. It really is. Um, you, you know, if like, for example, Spencer Strider tears his, uh, you know, uh, he has to get Tommy John next year, and then, Strider and Harris, those seem like those are risky ones because they're by far the least established. They're the least established, yeah. Um, but I kind of like. Anthopolis. Here's the thing. Like, I'd rather Anthopolis be aggressive in, in one way and then not be, aggre- be aggressive at all. Because, like, he's clearly not an aggressive guy in free agency, which is fine. It's understandable. These deals are insane. I get it. And so he's I'm, backfired every time he has signed someone. Right, like Ozuna. Yeah. Um, so, at Rosario, which it wasn't really a big deal, but that was – I never agreed with that one. But anyway, it's just, like, he's aggressive in the sense of he, he sees young talent and he's like, let me just lock him up now. 
Let me just lock him up now. And I'd rather him do that than do just, you know, not do anything um, and just sort of hold on to all our money, which I thought is what he was going to do, even though I know he had the constraints from Liberty Media before we won the World Series. But now it's like if all the, if the majority of these deals pay off, it's a master stroke. It really is. Because you're getting guys performing at high levels that are, you know, superseding the dollar amount that you're paying them. So I think it's uh, – I like the strategy. I like the strategy a lot. And I'm damn sure glad that we locked up Sean Murphy because you're going to trade five draft picks for this guy. You better fucking lock him up. Yeah, it certainly makes the trade look better knowing that, mm-hmm. like, this is your catcher for the next six years or whatever. Yeah, one thing i got to ask you. Um, I don't want to get into a habit, though. The one problem with not spending in free agency is that, you, you know, to – fill holes or improve parts of your team. You have to trade prospects. You have to trade a lot of prospects to get these. You know, Matt Olson traded four. Murphy, I think we traded five or six. You can't do that every year. You know? Yeah. Like, but, I don't want to get into the habit but, of trading but also, away. Also your, keep in mind, you know, we, we generally draft, like, college players that are a lot more ready to go. True. So, like, we will have guys that we can fill back in. Yeah. Quicker than, like, like Spencer Strider. Sure. You know? But, so, but it's also just like, that, that scares me. To do it. I don't want to get in the habit of doing that every year. You know? You're a, you're a depth guy. You're a farm system guy. I, yeah. I mean, that's why the Braves won the championship, I feel like. The, 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 the farm really helped us out. I still think we have, like, this is still a championship roster. Oh, yeah. It's a championship caliber team. And now that, like, what, seven out of our nine, well, what, I guess six out of our eight position players we have locked in for the next like seven or eight years. Yeah, I don't think anybody else. So has we don't that necessarily need that much depth right now. We'll draft more people, sure, and uh, rebuild. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a sound strategy, even if it doesn't work. I like the idea on paper, and no one in baseball has really tried to do this. Uh, Ravens correspondent Alexa, I understand that you have some sort of take that you wanted to share with the users about Sean Murphy, and you are a Braves fan. I am. Yeah, I'm a Braves fan. I'm sitting here in my Braves sweatshirt. You know. Um, I like Sean Murphy. I don't 100% love the deal. It makes me nervous because, like you're saying, I'm more looking at the other edge of the sword, just signing someone to a six-year deal, and if they're a bust, and you haven't seen this guy in a Braves uniform do anything for the Braves. But he looks really good on paper, like you're saying, so, I mean, I I get it. I just, I'm not as just right. over the moon about, yeah, yeah about this this deal being six years but it is for like nothing it's but it's just like all right i guess if you if he doesn't do well and you eat it it's not a big deal because it's not that much money that's the thing right? but it's like that's the safety net yeah it, i don't know it's just it makes me nervous it's a long time you never know unless they're just like a i know i you know i looked at his numbers he's a very good player he's got great Pretty good offense. Yeah, pretty good offense. Yeah, pretty he's good really offense. known for his defense. Though. Right, and you need somebody that can throw someone out. So as long as he can throw people out and be a good defensive catcher, like give you some bombs, like fine, that's good to go. But yeah. I'm just not. I'm just nervous about the deal, and I hope he comes in. I hope he kills it. But it would really suck if he came in and just sucked, Shit and the then bed. you <laughs> locked him into a seventy-eight oh, sure. million dollar deal or whatever. You, so yeah, that would be a bummer. You know, I'm yeah. not like it's a terrible deal because it's not because it's it's nothing i mean it's no money but it's also like do you think that'll affect anything in terms of like being able to lock in other people no like you don't, the think, bra- the you Braves, don't think it'll affect no. freed or no i think i think uh, like, we'll, fried yeah i think what will affect freed is he's going to just want too much money because he's sure. worth it or right it's, or you don't think like, it's going to like affect all these guys are too low these like we will resign right before freed yeah because sure. he's, he's younger he's, like freed's just too deep into it at this point yeah but like 
you got to keep some people, right? That's like, the it, thing. It's, yeah. You got to, like, I know, all right, yeah, you got Matt Olson. You gave away Dansby. Still makes me sad. I get it. I get it. You don't have to say anything. But it's like there are some people where it's like, you know, you want like a Chipper Jones, like somebody that like stuck stuck around. I know he took a lot of team. Friendly. Austin Riley, right? Well, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, he's locked. He's he locked in. He's oh locked yeah, in. yeah, yeah that's ten in. ten year extension. Yeah. But Austin Riley sucked the minute he signed just, it, which was kind of funny. I just, I just, I kind of, I guess, I kind of agree with Graham. Is I just don't want the Braves trading away players that are that are good. That you know, they're here. They won you the championship. They're probably still going to be good, and you're just very willing to be like, all right, see you later, you know, like... Or leave, let them leave in free agency, yeah, what you mean. that's what yeah. I mean, yeah, letting yeah. them, you're, like, they won this, and you're, and you're not kind of like, yeah, yeah, man, like, I kind of felt like that could have been, the Braves can do a halfway thing, maybe, and then if they don't do it, it's fine, but to, like, I feel like they lowball a lot of stuff, and then players leave, and everyone's like, yeah, good riddance, whatever, and I'm like, well, they even try to, like come up to a market level medium he, on he, these he did it with Dansby apparently with Dansby it was like they never really Dansby was willing to go to 140 and then Anthopolis wasn't willing to go beyond 100 which yeah was, which hey you know Anthopolis has been great and I, I trust in Anthopolis he's he he won us a World Series you know yeah. so like that's totally whatever he wants to do but it's just kind of like you know you yeah. don't, don't want to be looking at these people that you paid nothing for and then all of a sudden it's like well where were the people that were on our championship team we maybe have like three of them but everybody else is gone yeah I, you know what i mean like you don't I feel that way more with freddie like i'm, I'm still sad that yeah. freddie's gone like yeah. I'm, I'm sad with the way that was handled by the by the braves initially and then they they didn't they didn't lock him up beforehand i know they were worried about their covid receipts and everything and or getting money back from all the money they lost from covid but i was like man this is just this guy's so fucking important, man. And we had to trade away so many people for Olsen, and he's an inferior player. He might be better than Freddie by the end of the deal, but it's like Freddie Freeman's still a fantastic player, and he will be for the next he's a stud. three or yeah. four years. That's, I mean, that's why I like the Sean Murphy deal, too, though, because I feel like you, you ended up with a better player. Like, for all intents and purposes, like... Than Contreras. Yeah, and I know you love Contreras. I know you love Bill, but, like, I think... Yeah, defensively, he's better. Yeah, I mean, overall, And that's the most important part of being a catcher. Exactly. So, overall, you signed a better player, and that's, sure. that's kind of where... You weren't so sure of with Matt and Freddie. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Freddie so is definitely like, better than Olsen right Exactly. Now. Yeah. So that that's a little bit different. Like, And that's why I'm like, yeah, I like Sean Murphy. It's just, sure. you never know. You never like, know. You know, whatever. You never know. But, hey, man, he took it, which was also just baffling to me. So, History correspondent Jeff, what is the... What is the uh... <laughs> what is the history of signing catchers to big big deal extensions and how do they work? Mm, no, I'm just that's kidding. a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, well, they usually, you know, they what they do is they get to the ballpark early, you know, maybe they'll warm up a little bit, they'll stretch out, maybe they'll do a little research on the opposing team, you know, where they should make actually, calls. Actually read the they'll, scouting report. Read the scouting report. Yeah. They'll get in there, they'll suit up, they'll put their glove up there, and they'll just, you know, they'll call a great game. <laughs> That's, they'll, just, they'll give it their best shot. That's what they'll do. <laughs> so anything beyond that, I just have no idea, Grant. Now, now, is that the catching position in general, or specifically catchers who have just signed a big contract? Oh well, they you know they got a lot to prove, you know. Okay, okay, so uh, big contract guys. Before they get signed, they don't do that stuff. Well, they got a, a, They also have a lot to prove. So <laughs> I'm sure they take it very seriously. Either way, <laughs> I was talking about this for the lever we traded for. It's supposed to be really good from the Yankees. It's happened the other night. Uh, what's his name? His name Lutke. Lucas Lutke. 
uh, 35-year-old pitcher from the Yankees who uh, started playing in 2012 and then didn't play from 2015 to 2020. Or he didn't play in the majors. Then he comes back and he's just an absolute hoss. Uh, last two years, he's been worth 2.2 war as a reliever, which is excellent. A 2.67 ERA last year with 140 whip and a 3.02 FIP. Uh, all outstanding peripherals. And he was uh, 60 strikeouts to 17 walks last year. So, and uh, 57 innings. Good shit, I'd say. So, the Braves bullpen gets deeper. And uh, you can never have enough bullpen guys. Like, I, I would be fine if we got more bullpen people in here that are of, of uh, similar caliber. Because even though our bullpen has been a strength for our team for many years now, ever since Anthopolis came... You can't have. You can never have enough of these guys. Well, and it's your third big lefty now. You got you got Minter, you got Lee, and now you got Lutke, and then that's not even. Does, okay. does uh, this make Dylan Lee expendable? No, for another trade. No, no, you don't think so? No, you keep him. You keep all these arms. I'd like to keep Lee, but I'm just saying, if something came along, I want I mean, to be. Opposed. Lee's not going to be a big piece that's going to get you that much. Nah. No, probably not. But I don't know if if. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh wanted him for Brian Reynolds and maybe one other guy. Well, he would be a throw-in into that deal. We think so? I think Dylan yeah. Lee's they want They want way a... too much for Brian. Like, for for Brian Reynolds, you're talking about trading, like, uh, Michael Harris. No, absolutely not. Yeah, they, they want something crazy. Okay, then, then fuck it. Harris, Ozzy, they want, like, just no. absurd. No, no, no. He's pieces. not worth that much. Which yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, they're not Dylan Lee. Dylan Lee's not getting that done. Okay, all right. You can't just enough. throw in Elder and Dylan Lee and... I don't know. All of a sudden, you have a, your Graham's great left fielder that he's always wanted. Better than Zuna and Rosario. Well, yeah, no shit, but we have those two players. Unfortunately. Yeah, you can't just, you know, make things happen that easily, unfortunately. No, I guess not. I just no. don't, I don't know, I don't know what the Pirates are asking for him. You obviously, you have some insight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a lot of sources. Yeah, I got a lot of Pittsburgh. sources out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. You're just in Pennsylvania for Christmas, so you, you should know. Exactly. Yeah. he was doing it there. Yeah, he was, he, scout, was scouting, he was talking to the... Uh, he was at the art museum. He's, yeah, at the art museum, scouting quote, unquote. Scouting the Pirates. Yeah, yeah Juan Grease is the, actually the, the <laughs> Pittsburgh's pirate scout <laughs> that I meet up with every year. I like that you were in Philadelphia, and I just I like the... <laughs> <laughs> like to imagine you going out to get like some coffee or something and just going to Pittsburgh to check out what's going on over there. We're back in a couple hours, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have noticed I was going. Nah. No. Uh, a quick trip. No, bullpen depth is huge, and we yep. resigned Jackson Stevens as well to, a, like minor, to a minor league deal. He was a really solid yeah. pitcher all, all year. I was always surprised whenever he got sent down. I was like, man, this guy's not bad. Lutke's a multi-innings guy as well as Jackson yep. Stevens. So yeah, and hopefully bullpen. you get... Uh, Luke Jackson can come back maybe next year and be a. He's a, he's a free agent right now. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. He's oh, we brought back Matzik. Is that who? We, that's who we resigned. Well, he's hurt. I know, but he's. I know yeah. he's coming back. Yeah. Um, Luke Jackson, I want to be opposed to. Although the bullpen's pretty stacked. No, it's the best. So are you are you fine with your boy Luke Jackson just walking? You know, I mean, I would like to bring him back to a minor league deal. Mm. Have him as you don't depth. think he's earned it. You don't think he's earned a major league deal? Not if he's not able to pitch. You don't know. He was great he the last good. time he really pitched. If he proves it in spring training, hell yeah. Mm. What's okay. your point? That's just funny. You're a Luke Jackson loyalist. We've had heated arguments on this on this air for years over Luke Jackson. Do you know how good this Braves bullpen is right now? Oh, no, I know. I don't have time for a reclamation project. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> he moves on quick. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, ladies. Just like with Dansby. like We're moving on. Hey, there's no need to bring Dansby into this. 
No. Anyways, this is a good, uh, regardless of our feelings on Luke Jackson, this is a, this is a uh, I don't even know who we gave it for him, but it was, wasn't, I don't think it was any one of the... Prospects, Ram. You're fine with trading prospects now, right? I mean, you better get on board or fuck off, because that's all Anthopolis does, man, to get people to come to the Braves. Keep in mind, though, it took a few years. He didn't trade any prospects. No, he held on to three people. years. Yeah, now he's like. I'm sure three years ago you were bitching. Well, what are we going to do with all these prospects? We're going to trade for any prospects. Now guys. I'm like, why are you trading all these prospects? Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's his strategy, man. And he's bringing in good players. So it's not like he's bringing in, you know, trash. No. The only trash he's signed really is in free agency, which is kind of ironic because I keep bitching about not spending money in free agency. So, I mean, what the fuck do I know? No. GM can do right in Graham's eyes. That is no hundred percent true. I, I am I am big time a Graham supporter. GM better than every other. No, 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 I'm a, I'm a supporter of Anthopolis. I've gone on the record. I'm just not going to kiss his ass on every deal. Speaking of GMs, are we done with the Braves? No. Okay. I mean, we can be, but um, Travis Schlenk isn't the GM of the Hawks anymore. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah he stepped down. Let's, we'll take a break and then we'll take a break and talk about. Yeah, that. maybe we should eat some dinner. Let's take a quick break. All right. Let's. Okay, we're gonna hear a word from our sponsors and then we'll. Uh, I don't know what the fuck we'll talk about after that, but we'll, we'll talk about some things. We got a really special segment of uh, what is it? What's it going to be called, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, I got it. You got it. What you got? Jeff's nuggets. Oh yeah, little Christmas nuggets. Jeff's nuggets. I did. Well, I, I made an attempt at tying together Atlanta sports history, pro sports, of course, history with Christmas. And I got maybe two or three little nuggets. We'll see where it leads. Christmas nuggets. Christmas nuggets. I'm excited for Teach Jeff's Christmas nuggets. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. With same-game parlays, easy and fast playouts, player props, options, and more. You can do whatever the hell you want. And you also got the original DraftKings app for Daily Fantasy. So DraftKings has it all this holiday season. Football is in full swing. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, points totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All right, let's get to the picks. I go one and one every week, so one of these will be right, one of these will not. Um, I'm gonna give you this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna say San Fran destroys Las Vegas. Derek Carr is not playing. Uh, Vegas gets five and a half, and they're at home. But San Francisco looks like they're gonna win the damn Super Bowl, or at least the NFC. So take San Francisco over Las Vegas. And then I'll also say take the Chargers over the Rams. Rams get six and a half, but they got Baker Mayfield and the Chargers just clinched a playoff spot, and they're looking to improve their seating, so they're playing for something. And they're at home, so take the Chargers over the Rams and the San Francisco over Las Vegas. So those are your picks. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we're back. So let's wrap this puppy up with a uh, Jeff's, what we call it, Jeff's Nuggets. Jeff's Christmas Nuggets. Jeff's Christmas Nuggets. Uh, let your mind take you to a place where you feel warm and happy. Well, now that there's a name to this segment, I wish I had done more research, but I got at least two things to kind of 
throw at you. See what sticks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your sticky nuggets. Gross, sticky Christmas tree nuggets. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> All right, the first one, well, um, I was just wondering if the Atlanta Falcons have ever played on Christmas, and you guys probably know that they have not. They've never played on Christmas. So last week they played at Christmas Eve, and it got me wondering just, you know, as I was researching if, they've, if there's any kind of connection and maybe any stories or anything else. I was struggling to find that, but I did find that the Atlanta Falcons' first playoff game and playoff victory was on Christmas Eve. Did you guys know that? Did not. I was not aware of that. What year? Cool. This was like in the seventies, right? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I forget the year, but seventies. Uh, I was wondering if you knew anything about that. Uh, those early teams. Very little. All right, cool. So that's, <laughs> what the, that's what the segment was right at the end on. of that segment. Okay. I mean, I was. Yeah. Christmas Eve was the that's kind of cool though. Christmas Eve was the first time the Falcons. Well, were you know, play, Steve Barkowski. Barkowski uh, was yeah. he the quarterback? I have no idea. <laughs> it's as far as I got. He probably um, was. I guess that's on me to try to enlighten no, 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 you guys. Perfect, but it, who cares? I don't this know. This is a perfect expert guys. for us to bring in for Atlanta Zone. The little to no research, you know. Yeah, I love it. That's what I do. Yeah. This is beautiful. I remember, Adam I mean, if you're really interested, also. you can look up the article that I was reading. Uh, and it just said, you know, pretty new team at the time. They were very excited uh, to get that W on Christmas Eve. And everybody had a nice Christmas present that year. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, so you said that was a playoff win, right? That was a yeah, win? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, did they win the Super Bowl that year? No, they did not. <laughs> Let's look that up. Pretty sure they did not win the Super Bowl that year. Okay, there you go. Experts got answers. Adam looks really proud of himself after saying that. <laughs> He's like, nah, it says like, yeah, see, look at that. All right. Um, <laughs> well, as I was saying before, Adam rudely interrupted me. No. <laughs> okay, now Christmas Nugget. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Christmas Nugget number two. Um, just learned that Adam and Graham have not heard of the 12 days of an Atlanta Falcons Christmas. Now, this is a single song that was released before the 1980 NFL season. So I'm wondering if this was released over the summer. Do they put out a Christmas song? I don't know. Um, but it was... <laughs> I'm reading it from this, this website, atlantatimemachine.com. Dot com and I quote released by the blandly monikered Elliot Walter and Bennett blandly moniker which is a funny name to say that's a blandly. shitty band name yeah uh, they put out the 12 days of Atlanta Falcons Christmas and I really think this song just speaks for itself I really recommend that we play at least a little bit of this song just a little clip and you guys can know what I'm talking about right, I found it very it silly tech intern Joseph can you make that happen how much do you guys know about the 1980s Atlanta Falcons sure thing Adam I guess we'll, we'll, we'll listen for uh, some names that you might recognize. Oh, the Smiths, the owner. Yeah. I'm glad this guy's a, a fan of punters the third day. Christmas, the 
They did not win the Super Bowl this year. No. They did win the division title for the first time in their 15-year history. I can nice. tell you that. After that song was, was made? Yeah. Oh, very good. Maybe we need to make our own 12 Days of Falcons Christmas song so we can win the division title again. Cram in the band upstairs. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an idea. That is an idea. That's I like the concept. Idea. That's an idea. I don't know any of those people they were talking about, and you, we, could just, <laughs> we could see where it was going. Yeah. <laughs> we were not going to know. We're not going to you know. Do you think you can write your own version? Could you fill oh, it in yeah. the blanks? That's actually a great oh, idea. Yeah, let's us. do it. All right. Well, oh, right now? Yeah, let's just <laughs> add with it. We gotta put Young Way Koo in there. He's gotta be the three. That's too much to do. <laughs> Adam's shaking his head. I don't have any music. It could be a long segment. It would be a very long segment. What's well, an inter- interesting nugget there, yeah, Jeffrey? I, I, like I, I didn't nugget. know there was a Falcons Christmas song. I like it. That's I mean, cute. especially for a team, right? That even though Adam goes on and on about, we're a legacy team, we're a legacy team. No one gives a shit about the Falcons, really, except a select diehard few. And the fact that one of those people, what's it, 40 years ago, 41 years ago, 42 years ago, decided to make some damn Christmas song about the Falcons. you got to respect that as a, as a Falcons fan. You know, I don't know his music. I've never heard it before. I don't know any of the players. But the fact that he's out there doing it, I respect that. Thank nice you, Hansel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is those, are those all the nuggets? Uh, we got one more. We got yeah, one more nugget. I think that's it. I mean, we kind of sped through that first nugget. Yeah, I, I told you there wasn't much to this. I mean, how do you research Atlanta Falcons Christmas nuggets? The fact that you found that though is yeah. pretty is pretty cool. Yeah, I was the pumped on that one. Too. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of was uh, if you have Atlanta pro sports. Um, New Year's resolutions, or if you have just simply Ooh. podcast resolutions. Well, that's pretty good. I, I like that, yeah. Hey, you know, popular thing to do this time of year. What, what, what are your New Year's podcast resolutions, Adam? What do you want to do differently? I think I should start coming to the table with something. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? You know, something. just like some some new stat. Like, just make sure that I write it down, and I think that you're not going to know it. And, you know, just, you know, bring it up instead of just making it up on the top of my head, pretending like it's truth, you know, like I normally do. Let's be more consistent with, like, real stuff. Yeah, I think that's fair. Did you just make a resolution and then at the end of it put, you know, like I normally do? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm saying I normally do not do that. Okay. He normally yeah. is fake news, Adam, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's trying to yeah. be real news. Oh, you're Adam. trying to change for... Yeah. He's okay, major cool. cable network news, Adam. He's too busy laughing. Uh, I don't know what I'd do differently. <laughs> I think I think one thing I want to do in the new year is not bitch as much about the trenches. That would be nice. I would like them to address it, obviously. And no, I, we get that. I will continue to like bring it up, but I don't think I should bring it up every week. So I'm going to make sure during Falcon season... I bring it up maybe once every four weeks. We're just not getting so passionate about it. Like you, you can you can bring it up without being on the verge of tears while talking. You always say I'm going to cry. You never seen me cry. There's I don't tears think. in his eyes, right? Uh, now. Or maybe you have. But you were very close to crying a couple episodes ago. Not with William Contreras. You don't you don't know me. He loves Bill. Uh, I I almost cried over Freddie Freeman. That was a lot more closer to tears. Oh, that that one makes more sense. Yeah, I was just upset about. Contreras just because of his potential but uh, I think that's one for me and then I think uh, I don't know I think we have a good time we do our thing 
we get in, get out, get on with our lives. I think I should work on being more critical. That would be great. You're a very, you're a company man I, through and through. Like every move, you're like that's oh, fine. I need to have more. Um, you know. Not necessarily hot takes. No, I, I do okay there. You've done that though more this year, which I've appreciated. Like you, you, but your hot takes aren't like Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless or something like obscene, where you're like LeBron's a Martian or something. It's more like you know you're coming to the table with some fire and some some ideas. Sure, but you can do more of that for sure. You know what? we're perfect, Graham. We don't need to do. We don't, anything we don't need any resolutions. Yeah, we're good. Trenches for life. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'll wrap up the year of 2022. Fuck, we're getting old. Um, I want to thank you guys for being with us, whether you've been here for five years, almost six years, or uh, if you just tuned in, hopefully we didn't uh, scare you away. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for everything. Hope you have a blessed new year, and hope you had a great holiday season. We're not done here. We're not done here. Okay. I wanted to profess my love for something real quick. Sure. To close out the year. The city of Atlanta. I've done a lot of traveling this year. Some pretty major cities. You know, I've gone to Athens, Greece, San Francisco, been up to New York, uh, probably somewhere else that I'm forgetting. You were in Philadelphia like two days ago. <laughs> just in, that's right. I was doing my scouting on the pirates in Philadelphia. <laughs> and anytime I leave, I just miss Atlanta. Atlanta is the greatest city in the world. Period. We've got everything going for it. We got major sports. They don't suck. Yeah. Too much. We got, <laughs> Some of them suck. We got passionate fans. Agree. We've got you know the fact that our different neighborhoods we have in Atlanta, different vibes. We have trees. It beats other cities in so many ways. Yes, we have traffic. Yes, we have poor public transportation. That's fine. We can work around it. I love Atlanta. Was born here. I'm just locked into being born in the best city. I'm not leaving. I'm staying. He's not going anywhere. So I had to get that on air, Graham. I don't know if you agree or disagree I, with me. I agree too. But, Having just uh, spent five days in Central Florida, I, I can't agree more. <laughs> true to Atlanta. Yeah. All right. Now we can we can edit now, Graham. Okay. Well. That's it, folks. I said what I needed to say. Adam said what he needed to say. Thank you, Alexa and Jeff, for hanging out with us. We'll see you all next year with hopefully uh, better news for all our teams. Good day, good night, (laughs) goodbye. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.